There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. to the Inspired Evolution and it is such a treat to be here today because we have the vibes from Bianca De Rus. Bianca, how are you? Very well, thank you. It's so amazing to be here today. It is such a treat to have you here. For those tuning in to Bianca for the first time, uh, there are many ways to describe her. Um, but I think on the most uh, like high level, just you know, like people need to understand what's going on. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a spiritual activist. Um, she's got Reiki and Shambhala healing in her background. Um, and a lot of the work that she does also focuses on adjunct to that is uh, with pets um, and that's actually what's brought us together in this conversation as well. So I think it's, um, it's going to be a difficult one to sort of sit there and go, what is it exactly that you do? But I know there is like definitely value that we can sort of go into the conversation and start exploring and then people will get a clear idea. Um, I think there are probably not enough labels to articulate what it is that you do. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so many elements to the work that I do. Um, yes, but indeed, I mean, definitely animals and people are my key focus and bringing them together um, to create a sense of more harmony and love in those relationships is my main focus. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit more about like when that dropped in for you as in like, when was that, when did you realize that that was kind of the thing? Like, obviously like, you know, we've had, some of us have had pets forever and we've had relationships forever as well. But when did you realize that that was kind of your little nexus of, you know, where your service really lied and your offering to the world? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I can actually officially blame a snake for that story. <laughs> <laughs> Is this an Adam and Eve story? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, I know I like to get the podcast deep, but that's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was actually a, re- a really amazing um, experience and a, a bit of a dumbfounding experience for me. Yeah. Um, my background is in corporate finance. So uh-huh. during my 
you know, realization of the spiritual side of things and me developing um, all these spiritual abilities um, during a bushwalk. I think I'm talking about seven or eight years ago now. Um, I was approached by a snake and it sort of happened while I was sitting down with a friend of mine during this beautiful walk and we were having our lunch. It was like this beautiful fallen down tree and we were just admiring nature and just being there and enjoying our lunch. And this voice came into my mind and it asked me, hello, can you hear me? And in that moment, I was sort of like, um, what was that? Looked at my friend and I said, did you say something? And she goes, no, no. And I go, oh, okay. All right then. And again, hello, can you hear me? Up until about four or five times and it was, hello, can you hear me? It became more persistent to the end where I was like, okay, yes, I can hear you. But this all happened in my mind. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I'm going nuts. You know, this is- <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I sort of answered back going, yeah, okay, I can hear you, but who are you and where are you and can I see you? Yeah. And um, the snake said, well, I'm under the tree where you're sitting on but I'm not going to show myself because your friend is afraid of snakes. And I just wanted to confirm that you can hear me. You need to go out, to the, in, out into the world and do your job. And I said, then every time I tell, I get the goosebumps because I can so relive it. Um, and I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? He goes, you can hear me go out into the world and do your job. And then it sort of took off. And I looked at my friend who was looking at me with really weird face, look on her face. She goes, what's happening? Something just happened. Your face went into different colors and shapes. And she goes, something happened. And I sort of looked at her and I go, are you afraid of snakes? And she turned white as a ghost, jumps wow. up on this tree and starts frantically looking around. And that was my validation. And I go, don't worry, it's already gone. But I think I've just spoken to a snake and this is what he said. Wow. It was really bizarre. (laughs) And on the way back on the the trail, I encountered another reptile, Hmm. uh, which was a little lizard on a tree and a big guana. And the guana was sitting higher up on this tree. And it asked me if we could stay because a couple of guys, schoolboys, were actually walking onto the path every day and pestering the guana. Now, the guana is a really big sort of black-looking lizard for people that might not be aware of what it is. And I sort of looked at it, and then I looked at my friend. I go, we need to wait and just see what happens. And a couple of minutes later, a couple of schoolboys come past, and they look at the guana, look at us, and I just said, keep going. And it looked, they looked at the guana again, and then they kept going. And the guana said, thank you so much, and it sort of climbed further up and took off. And both my friend and I were just absolutely gobsmacked going what is this yeah right and so that was basically the start of everything i came home that afternoon and both my dogs at the time as dogs do they come running to you at the door and my male uh, boy toby he just stopped and looked at me and he was like oh my god oh my god you can hear me you can hear me and all this information came out of him and i'm just sitting there going mate, stop, it's <laughs> too much, I need to get into this, what is this? So, and then I found out, you know, how to do it more practically and um, found other teachers and exploring more around this and uh, started practicing with other people around me, with my own dogs and slowly but surely integrating it into my life. Um, yeah, and working in, at that point, I was working in corporate executive coaching and uh, did everything very part-time, just, you know, here and there around my work. 
but then it became more profound and um, the push was for me to really start taking this seriously and, and doing my work, which is what I'm now doing. So yeah, it's been amazing. Wow. For those that can't see the video, my jaw is, I need to just pick that back up. (laughs) 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 Wow. So have you watched Harry Potter? You speak, you started with, by speaking parcel tongue. Is that kind of what's going on? Like you could speak to reptiles. Oh, yes. Yes. I can speak right. to any animals who are willing to listen and connect. Yeah, definitely. Fascinating. And some, so- of them, some of them, it's, it's very easy to connect with, you know, such as birds and dogs and cats. Um, others take a different tone or a different frequency, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the way for me personally that happens is that I need to lift up my energy to get to a different vibrational level or frequency to then being able to tap into theirs. Um, and then the communication is quite clear. So that to me is fascinating because I do want to talk about how does one person that's in corporate finance and how do they integrate like all of this in just like, you know, like this is quite a steep, you know, know, black and white, yin and yang sort of thing. But the thing that's really like, I really want to have a chat just right now is, um, you just mentioned something about vibrational level and energy because Mm -hmm. I often think about this, right? Um, Just personally in my day-to-day life is, you know, Mm -hmm. there is so much that's, you know, I'm, I'm an avid meditator, um, you know, and I guide Mm -hmm. people through meditations. And so for me, it's like, there's a whole nother world and universe inside you like waiting to be awakened to with the subtleties. Now that often reflects to me that even within that awareness of tapping in, even that, is a bandwidth. There's even a bandwidth to that, mm-hmm. a limited perception range. And then so much, so many of us, and I'm guilty of this at many times as well, is to be connected to what can I feel? What can I smell? What can I touch? What can I taste? You know, and I often base my relationship with reality on so much of the feedback that I get. But again and again, the I try and take the time out to cultivate this reminder that actually I'm just a human being with a certain bandwidth, you yes. know, and there's only so much that I can take in. And what is happening outside of that bandwidth? What is happening outside of, you know, that vibration and that energy, if you will? And so I find this really fascinating because you mentioned, you know, to communicate, communicate. Like I'm even like starstruck by this at the moment, the fact that you can communicate to different animals. But like you're saying to communicate with different animals, you need to tap into different bandwidths. Yes, yes. I mean, I think the easiest way to explain it is to... Compare it with tuning into a radio station or a TV channel, right? So you keep tuning the olden days, the old radios. You had the big knobs that you had to turn, right? Yeah. Tune into that frequency. And then all of a sudden you have a bit of a crackling and then you hear some voices and then the music will, and then it becomes really clear. And, and you've got the right frequency for that radio station or the channel where you see the blurriness become really, really clear. So how I do it myself, and this can be different from person to person, um, the frequency that I apply is a little bit higher than mine. So when I get into that and I, and I really tune into it consciously, then I can hear them clearly. Now, on occasion it happens, or on occasion quite regularly, when I walk outside and I just have animals coming in wherever I walk because, you know, I walk past someone's house and there might be a dog or a cat inside or I'm in a nature reserve and there's heaps of birds and other dogs running around and things like that. If I open myself up, then anyone can enter my frequency as well and be able to share with me what they're feeling, what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what they're experiencing in this world. 
or any important messages for myself or other people. But I choose to do that as well. There is an element of me where I say, okay, now I'm closed for business. I don't want anyone to connect with me. So I can actually close that off. So you're talking about, you know, having that, that frequency or that vibration within us and we can go to that certain level. And we choose to do that. So we open up and therefore anything that may come in from within you and I see that myself, like that's my higher self, my soul is talking to me when I meditate. But I also have outside frequencies coming through. So, and animals are at those frequencies as well. And when I open up, then I allow that to come in. But I also say, today is not a good day, or I just don't want to, just, you know, I need to have some time out. And then nothing will come through. So it is certainly tapping into those levels. Um, so that's my question yeah. then is how do you like, cause you obviously, I know you're a coach and a mentor and a speaker as well. So mm-hmm. how do you like, do, do you coach other people into tapping into this like tuning in ability? Yes, absolutely. And so can you run us through a little bit of what that looks like. How does that, how would you, how does one go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I teach people how to connect with their animals at that level. Um, whether they just want to do that because they have pets in their home or they run a rescue organization and want to know what the animals may have experienced, um, identify any trauma and things like that, or people that may want to absorb animal communication as part of their service business, such as a vet or a dog walker or a groomer. And the first thing that we do is actually have a solid connection with our own self. So the things that we do in meditation to tap into you as a human being, but I also allow people to tap in to themselves as a soul being. Once we have that, which is not something that we do every single day, then we learn how that feels, the serenity, the calmness, the quietness, the stillness, the wisdom that comes through, the unconditional love that we feel then we are able to to send that type of connection through to the animals that we would like to connect with as well. So from our heart space, once we have that stillness, that connectedness, then we send unconditional love to the animal and ask, is it okay for us to have a chat? Once the answer comes back as yes, perfect. Let the floodgates open up. And people can receive the information in different ways. So I compare it to having individual learning styles. Some people learn by doing things. Some people learn by seeing, like watching videos and pictures and slideshows and whatnot. Other people learn by hearing audio books, audio cassettes, you know, videos like YouTube, um, what else, podcasts, things like that. So there's different ways that we absorb information that we learn from. With having an intuitive or spiritual or telepathic connection, however you want to call it, it happens in a similar way. How you learn best is also how you most likely will receive the information that the animal is telling you or sharing with you. So if you are a visual learner, most likely animals will send you colors and pictures and images. If you are a learner favorable to audio, then they may send you words and sounds, music, any of those things. Hello, can you hear me? (laughs) Exactly, hello, can you hear me? So for me, audio, but also sensing Mm. are my two primary 
receivers. Right. Once I start applying Reiki, use my hands for information and healing, I start to see as well because my third eye is not activated until I start using my hands. So then I can see images. I can see where the animal is. I can see what they're sharing me in, in their direct environment as well. Um, and I've helped animals, in particular one in Queensland, come back home after he was missing as well because I could tell exactly where he was because he was showing me this is where I am right now. So, and, and yeah, that's how best they communicate with us. And somehow they know what the best way is for us to receive the information. Wow. And there's a, there's, yeah, that kind of speaks to one of the questions that I did have. There's a bigger question looming. Um, okay. I don't know which way to go. So um, <laughs> let's go with, so the fact that, you know, like let's go with the, the deepest aspect of it. The fact that you mentioned that, you know, ultimately this begins with a connection to self. Yes. You know, yes. so like again and again, like I think that's a really profound um profound realization is that like you know really starting to connect with yourself helps you with your relationship or even ability to communicate outside so i think as you were mentioning you know because the question was how do you tune in you know so like the idea is that you need to tune into yourself and understand like who you are to realize perhaps what is yours and what is not yours as you were saying is that kind of yes yes um you will start to learn to identify your own voice um and how you, your inner self, your higher self yeah. speaks to you. Right. Because once you tune into yourself, as you may have experienced as well during your extensive um, meditation exercises, when you tap into your inner self, to your soul, it has a slightly different voice to your human voice. It will always speak at a level of love and it will always use words that are very supportive guiding and loving. Whereas your human self may not have that. Your human self may have a harsher voice or may even use negative language. So to identify that your soul is really talking to you, it is a practice mm. because most people do not practice that on an everyday basis. And that's why you and I are so much needed in the world to teach people, how do we do that? How do we get ourselves to that place of stillness mm. to be able to reach that level of connection with ourselves? And then hearing, that's what my real voice sounds like. And then we are able to connect to the animals as well and identify, okay, that's not me talking. That's definitely the animal talking. Right. Yeah. I have a question in around that is that, you know, oftentimes I think. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
in especially like when I think about, you know, me meditating and I go to a space and I'm definitely an audio, an audible listener. So hello, can you hear me? Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> resonated. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I often wonder how much of what I'm learning about myself is mm-hmm. really my innate learning that my, let's look at it from, you know, I, I've one of my val- one of my beliefs is that, you know, we're all here to grow. Um, and that we can learn a whole bunch of lessons on the journey. But then when I think about it, a lot of the learning I do is in perhaps the English language. Um, and this comes from me having a background in Indian, like an Indian background where, you know, there's two languages from that country. I learned a bit of Chinese growing up as well. So there's a little bit of that. And there's certain things that I've come to realize that actually, even when I'm thinking thoughts in a certain language, how much of those thoughts can I really take ownership of or in how much of that is the code or the, lang- the linguistic programming of that particular language, right? Um, because the tool of language is obviously very constructive for me to be able to identify certain things. But there are certain things that, you know, are only applicable in the Indian language because that reflects the Indian culture and that mindset. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the Australian culture and the Australian language and the Australian mindset. So oftentimes yes. when I go into a meditative state, and I hear things, I generally just sort of, you know, like let them pass like clouds because I sort of feel like, you know, that's again, just language and programming. But I think Mm -hmm. it's really fascinating that you have this relationship with that, you know, that it is language that's coming through that you're being communicated via. Um, Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Mm, mm. Yeah. And people always ask me as well, around that, like, is my dog or my cat or my bird speaking English? Mm. And I always say, well, who's to say that we speak English? <laughs> you know, we give it a name, yeah. but it might not be English. It might be something different. Maybe we're all talking something completely gibberish, yeah. but somehow it's translated so that we both understand each other. This is that so whole, is my red, your red sort of you know, Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and I've experienced that with the animals as well. They may not speak English, but in their own language and somehow in the ether that's translated. So I can verbalize it. So that was my, that was one of my questions that I left behind to try and get as deep as possible was like when they're communicating, it's beyond just body language. Cause I know I've got a relationship Mm -hmm. with my dog where, you know, there's certain body things that like, you know, she starts, she starts doing this one. Or like she starts to roll onto her back. It's like, come on, come pat me. And it's like, all right, mate. You're like, oh, mate. You're like, you know, so it's like, like so that's yes. body language. And I can feel like, but there are times when obviously like I can feel that she's anxious even before she knows mm-hmm. she's anxious. Um, yes. And that's a really, that's, you know, kind of a really yummy spot um, because it's kind of mm. like I have to sort of go, oh, right. So, I can feel something in my space thanks to my dog being in my space. Um, And a lot of questions open up in that space for me. And maybe I'll just ask you some of those is like, you know, how much of me is a reflection in my dog, you know, Um, is a massive, because I've had to accept, like, I'll just give you a quick example, short story, not not going to take out too much of your time. When my dog, like when people first come over, my dog is mm-hmm. so excited to see them, you know, exactly how this podcast started, right? Like, Ew! you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you, just, you cannot get enough of you. She's going to find you like a tree. Even now, as I made that noise, she's downstairs barking. Now she's excited. Right. Um, and so that energy um, is reflected. And then as soon as you come into my house, we sit down, I, you know, the conversations kind of go like this. We get super deep, super fast. Um, and she's mm-hmm. much the same. She's sort of like, as soon as you come in, maybe five minutes in, she's just super chilled in your presence, really calm, really serene. Yeah. 
and then having to sort of step back after a while and it was actually my girlfriend's sister that reflected this to us. We're like, oh, she's just crazy when she meets people. And my girlfriend's sister was like, she's just like you guys. Like, this is what you're like. And it's like, oh, my God. So true. So true. Yes. I think about 75 to 80% of the animals I connect with reflect the behavior that the people around them have or experience. And that was initially quite a challenge for me. I'm a person who loves helping other people and always support them and guide them and, um, you know, praise them and celebrate with them. Whereas sometimes based on what the animal is telling me, I actually need to sit the person down and say, well, hang on a minute. This is actually something that you're not doing so well. So we need to improve. Right. How can we do this together? Because this is why your rabbit is having this type of behavior. And animals often present that behavior back to us because they know this is an area for us that we can improve on or completely need to work on to eliminate what is happening. So only then do people sometimes move into action. Oh my God, my dog is acting in this way. What's happened? Why? Because they focus on their animals because they love them so much. However, they don't see that that's a behavior that they may need to change. And therefore, when I then come in as the conduit, I share that information. So, okay, this is what we actually can do about this because your dog or your cat is raising this as a concern that something needs to shift. This has to stop because we can't move on like this. So absolutely right. Whatever your dog is experiencing comes from you as well because you guys are so connected Mm -hmm. and this is a really good thing that she takes on your excitement because if you're excited that someone's coming to the house, that means, oh, that's a great person that is allowed in the house. Mm-hmm. So I get excited. You mellow out. Oh, things are good. Okay, you're mellow out. Oh, then I can mellow out as well, mm-hmm. right? However, when you shift that, if you start to change that, then you can see that change happening in your dog as well. So mm-hmm. she will then perhaps get a little bit confused. Oh, normally you get really excited when people come to the house and, now you're not what's going on here you know so it's definitely i mean this is a great thing that she does because she's actually listening to you at the same time because you get mellow you quiet down and therefore she does whereas i've encountered dogs that stay um, excited and hyperactive when people even settle down right and then it's also for us to look at them to listen to them Mm, maybe this person that comes to the house might not be the right person to be here Mm. so and, and that's what we often forget because then we start punishing the dog. You can't bark. You need to stop barking and this, that, and the other. Yet they're telling us something, you know, and that's where I can help people to tune into that, to find out why do you keep barking? What is the reason why you're behaving so in that manner? And then we can work something out to work on that together as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that can be challenging because not yeah. everybody's open to hearing oh my God, I need to do, change something. What? Seriously? <laughs> Is it me? No, that can't be. <laughs> As you're sharing this, I'm coming to like realize that actually I'm probably one of the better people to have a conversation with on a podcast. <laughs> because I'm actually the crazy guy that walks up and down the main, main street here. Um, and I'll have conversations with my dog, but I'm having them with my own head, like admittedly. Sure. So like, I'll yeah. look at her and I'll be like, so should I get ice cream or not? And she'll be, she'll just look at me. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> 
don't judge me. Like, I know I had it last week. I'm going to go get some again. And she's just like, she's just staring at me. And people are watching me have this conversation with my dog. I'm just including her in my like thought process, right? But yes, I'm having exactly. this conversation. But I've come to realize that people might actually like go, oh, Amrit, that's really strange. You know, I've sort of just accepted that, hey, this is me just having fun with my dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think it's really profound because there are moments that things are going on that I probably tune out of communication with her by sort of reprimand. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. That's really fascinating because I've... Yeah. Yeah. And in a way, I mean, we, we can certainly do that, especially when they do something over and over and over again and you don't want them to do that because in a way they are sort of similar to kids as well, you know. So we do reprimand our children as well. However, with children, sometimes we ask as well, why did you do that? You know, what was the reason for that behavior? Did, did I upset you? Was there something else that happened to you? That You know, we can explore that. Whereas we can do the same with our animals. Why did you do that? What was the reason behind that? And so you can then also identify, was the reprimand valid or not? And um, body language plays a big part in how we communicate with our animals. Mm -hmm. But then this is just an extra layer on top of that because you know intuitively that when your girl is going, you know, I'm so excited and I want you to pet me, therefore I'm going to roll on my back and now you can pet me and you know that, which is great. But for some dogs that might mean okay, I'm completely surrendering. You're going to be dominant to me now. And this is the only way I can just make sure that it goes away very quickly. So I allow you to take with me right now because then I don't have to deal with it. You know, that has happened as well. That may be part of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and, and that's what we can then ask. Why do you roll on your back? Is it because you enjoy the cuddles that way and being tickled mm. or is it, you know, a different reason that you're not really enjoying it, but you're just surrendering because then you know peace will stay and we won't get into trouble sort of thing. So, um, and the other thing as well that I, I am now also learning with children who really take this on board very, very quickly because they're open like a sponge mm. and they're always connected anyhow. So mm. they can already communicate with animals very easily to to not go, especially with dogs, to actually not go there straight away and ask for permission, would you like a pet or not? Do you want me to approach you or not? Mm. You know, and, and that's really important as well because especially with dogs, they can get scared very quickly. The only defense they have is bark or bite, you know, because otherwise nobody's listening to them. So, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if we'd have a juncture in the conversation to have a conversation about this. Um, Yes, of course. My, my dog um, has a defense mechanism where, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm reading it as a defense mechanism, but when she's off the lead around other dogs, she's perfect. She's fine. You know, she's not the most social. She was a lot more social when she was young. Now she's kind of just finds her own space, does her own thing. She doesn't really trust the energy of other dogs because they're always like, there's a lot of movement and she's quite a small dog. Um, so that's kind of what I've read from her behavior. But if she's on the lead, and another dog comes up to her because she's on the lead. And this is my interpretation of the results. So hopefully you can read through what's going on. Um, if another dog approaches her, she'll give it a few moments. And then after that, she'll, she'll start getting pretty nappy, right? She'll be like, like, and when I read that to me, it's like, oh, this best defense is a strong offense because she's on the lead. She doesn't have complete control of her environment. She's trying to navigate, you know, trying to keep her, herself safe 
Uh, but it's really, it's really difficult to take a dog like that for walks because you tie her up somewhere and the minute another dog approaches her, you know, she's just sort of like waiting. And as soon as the other dog makes like any sort of indication of like, oh, I'm just going to sniff you or I'm going to come into your personal field, she starts napping. And, uh, you know, discussing everything we've discussed this far has been like a point where I've like tried to reflect on, is that some part of, you know, am I like that in any way? You know, am, am I like standoffish or, you know, off guard in any way or like perhaps what's going on for her and, yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm still a bit puzzled by. So I just introduced that into this conversation. So do you allow me to connect with her through you? Sure. Would you like me to do that? Sure. Yeah? Okay. Awesome. I'm open to experiencing it. Yeah, let's go. So because you are already aligned with her energy, for me to just quickly tap into yours and then to her is the easiest way to connect to her. What's her name? Gaia. Gaia, beautiful. She's struggling at the moment of her body getting into a space of getting older and not have free movement. And she's, she has some level of stiffness already in her system. Outdoor walking is really excited for her because she can get her body moving in a different way. When other dogs approach her, she's very protective of her space because she feels that walking with you is quality time with you. And she doesn't want anyone in that environment especially when they don't ask for permission. She's really big on respect. She's really big on, I need to give you permission before you can actually come to me. Now, between you and her, there is that, you know, not having to reconfirm the permission all the time. So you guys have continued um, level of, yeah, we can just do whatever we want with each other in that sense. She's also becoming very protective of her environment in general. She feels that her job to be with you is to keep you grounded, to keep you connected to Mother Earth, as well as having a real solid base around you of support, love, and guidance. So when other people come into that space, in particular now that she's getting a little bit older as well, is for her to just protect that. And... Um, in some way, she feels that other dogs don't understand the connection that you guys have together. I also feel that she's quite big in her energy. She's very warm and loving, but at the same time, she is also one that upholds certain standards and value, almost perfectionism. <laughs> comes to mind now I don't know whether that's directly related to you or whether that comes from herself but she's quite large in that sense as well and she has a level of authority so her, her soul her whole being is quite tall and it's it spreads out like big massive
she has a bit of inflammation in her back towards her hips, sort of on the left hand of her spine, very closely to that. Feels like she may have sprained it or she's done something in the last few weeks. It just sort of clicked something and it's trying to readjust. It gives her a bit of muscular sort of inflammatory discomfort there. And she also wants to let you know that during your meditation, she's always there to support you, always there to guide you and to hold space for you as well. She loves being in that space. She's actually sitting, her energy sitting on the left side of you, and she's literally going like that. Holding her head against your left side of your body to say, yeah, I'm here, I'm here for you. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> but big, and it feels like she's quite high up as well from an energetic point of view. It's almost like she's overseeing everything from the top. Yeah, she's amazing. Very special girl you've got there. Wow. Very special gift you've got there. <laughs> Touch wood. That is um, just a complete, like, just to, com- like, just to let everybody know, you've, this is the first time we've met you and I across. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of what you've described about Gaia was, yeah, bang on. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> this <is> fascinating. Fascinating, <laughs> no, like I'm, yeah, absolutely not. Actually, I the questions are out. I just want to just meditate. <laughs> but you know, it's it's um, yeah. I guess there is a podcast in in effect. But yeah, that's really yes. fascinating what you've shared. Um, mm. A question that comes up for me is, uh, out of that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for You're sharing, very welcome. connecting. And so the question I have is, you know, uh, that whole energy of protective of the environment that, um, that she, you know, ex- exudes, um, that's from what I gathered to some part of her nature, but at the same time, is there something that can be done to sort of encourage that to soften? Do you have a lead that has an extension on it so she can have a little bit more leeway to make it feel a little bit more free? Right. Okay. You might want to practice that. Maybe borrow a lead from someone before you buy one. Those retractable Um, ones. Yeah, exactly. Just see how that works. Yeah. Um, Also, she doesn't want to be left alone when she's on a lead. So you always need to be with her on the lead because for her, it's like, okay, if you go away, I always want to be with you Mm. and leaving her alone. It has a little bit of a feel of you're not coming back. Mm. So that plays part in that as well. Um, When you do take her and you can't take her into a shop, that's where she gets that, that level of, Oh, okay. I know that you're coming back, but there is still that little bit of, Maybe not Yeah. Um, if it takes a bit longer. But having a retractable lead might give her a little bit more freedom. Um, I am telling her that when we start practicing, first of all, I've asked her, is she willing to participate in that? And she says, okay, I'm happy to give that a go. And I say, you have to be really careful when you cross the road that you don't just run ahead of yourself because the lead can be retracted back in, Mm. but might not be as fast if there is traffic coming along. So you do still need to be able to listen to the instructions um, and not just run ahead of yourself. 
but at least have more it's it's not that she wants to run way ahead of you it's like a retractable lead but still have that sort of bend in mm-hmm. that she feels almost off lead yeah let me put it that way yeah yeah so that that could certainly help and it's something to test out to see if that works yeah. um, and if not we can always ask well, what else do we fine-tune what else can we do with you that you know helps you relieve that the other thing that comes to mind is um australian bush flowers and it's the um, not the rescue one the emergency one it's the other one the calm and clear i think it is right um and you can just put a few drops in the water so i mean it takes about three weeks before it really starts to take effect Mm. Uh, but that might help help her as well to stay a bit more calm whilst walking on the lead amazing Mm. yeah as you're reflecting that i notice like if i'm out somewhere distant i normally walk her off the lead and she's amazing Um, yeah yeah that little bit of like getting excited of getting ahead of herself Um, Mm. yeah fascinating thank you so much for sharing that definitely we'll explore that further um keep me posted yeah i wanted to sort of dive into you know like it not always being so rosy um you know like maybe tuck into some more meaty uh emotional stuff here um (laughs) the reason we ended up connecting was uh i lost a a very dear dog um to me um his name was brutus um couple of months ago um mm-hmm. and yeah it was actually been a quite a profound sort of happening you know an occurrence i think something i want to explore in this conversation is that you know like we i don't say we discount our relationship with animals but um i have to say his passing was one of the most profound in my life um in that it mm-hmm. actually made me realize that the f- I guess also the, maybe the age I am has something to do with that at the moment, but realizing the finality of life at some point, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just being connected to him. And I think I was going through that process a little bit and people were like, Oh, you should get in touch with, with Bianca and, you know, just have a chat and, you know, explore um, just pets and the energy that we share together deeper. Um, I think that's, you know, I just wanted to share that because I know you've recently, you know, and I'm hoping you're okay to talk about this is like recently your yes. dog's passed away as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, in that, like, you know, how does, like, how do you communicate your way through that to yourself? And obviously, you know, like what's going on there and can you mm. help alleviate, you know, some suffering for some people that they go through when they go through this? Yes. Um, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about Brutus. Oh, it is such a, it's such a loss um, for me as well. It's I must say I've completely underestimated the impacts of losing not just one but two dogs in such a short time span. Um, it is a big area that people are struggling with, and. It's actually very interesting because around the time where both my dogs passed away, I had clients coming to me as well with similarities. You know, my dog is getting older. I feel that he or she might be passing. What can I do? How can I support them? Um, You know, I want to know what their wishes are that we do. Um, What do they want us to do with them, et cetera, et cetera. So those are really prominent questions and um, hard questions to ask. Um, how I've experienced it has been at such a deep, deep level that I never even knew I had. It hurt me so amazingly hard. Um, 
Rosie, the girl, she, she passed away first and none of us in our family had expected her to go at all yet. Um, we were completely focused on Toby who was in palliative care at the time. And when Rosie passed, that was such a big shock. And um, Toby held on for another eight weeks after his sister passed away because they were both from the same litter. Right, right. Um, they were 15. That's a solid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so for me, they were my kids, mm. you know, 15 years. Um, I've been a mum to them. And um, when Rosie passed, Toby got initially, he was shocked. Then he got really angry. He actually ran off a week later. He was gone for seven hours and he went looking for her. And then he got extremely lonely, but he couldn't decide whether he wanted to be with her or whether he wanted to stay with us. And sometimes I find that with animals as well, that they have such a hard time leaving us that often they prolong their own pain by having just that other day and then another day and then another day. But then there is a time when they say, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm just completely releasing myself and I'm crossing or they ask us to help them. So in the end, Toby actually asked us to help him because he couldn't make the decision. He desperately wanted to go to his sister, but he also desperately wanted to stay here. Yet his body said, I've had enough. So um, we made that decision for him. And um, it's been interesting because he came back the next day and he actually thanked me for making the decision for him. It was a relief in a way, but on the other hand, it made me extremely sad as well. Um, now, helping others now that I've gone through this mm. is at a very deep level now compared to when I helped others cross over before my own dogs passed. Yep. It is such a different level of connecting with them, but still an honor and so beautiful to be part of that process, mm -hmm. to know where they're going, to see where they're going, and to see and to know who's actually waiting for them. Mm -hmm. They show me when it's time, they actually show me where they're going, who's there, and how they're going to cross. If it's not yet their time, then I don't see any of that. Right. But I get a bit of a sense of when it might happen. Right. However, not directly. So, um, and then asking them, is there anything you want us to help you with? How can we support you during this process? So some of those animals say, look, I want uh, hot water bottles. I want a soft bed or I want my favorite meal or I just want to have water. That's all I, I need at the moment. Um, they may have some final messages for them, for us as the humans. You know, they might um, thank you for having cared for them for so long, for being in their lives. They might have other messages as well to share. And sometimes they ask, you know, I would love for you to invite the vet to come to the house and just let me sleep. Just let me sleep. Um, most animals do not want to go to the veterinary hospital. Um, they just want to sleep at home if they are ill in that sense. Yeah. Um, I've had one animal, yes, one animal actually committed suicide. 
and that was quite a few years ago and she came through the, the same night telling me okay i saw the light across the road i saw that i could go home so i just ran for it and got hit by a car and she passed away she, um she had completely broken her whole spine and everything and she sometimes comes through to help other animals cross over so the ones that i'm connecting with and um yeah it's, it's a fascinating process because the energy that comes through is almost as if they are still here that's how yeah. strong it can be yeah. um i do know i have been told by spirit that we cannot call the animal energy back or a human energy back to come and talk to us only when they are ready will they come in and if i do connect with an animal that has passed then i don't call them specifically i ask are you around and if not i would love to talk to someone who is close to you to let you know that we would love to have a chat to you to find out how you're going yep. and then if it's appropriate they will come through right. and then you know, we'll let them know. So this morning, for example, I, um, in the last few weeks, since the 1st of January, a dog has gone missing up in Queensland and myself and another animal communication friend of mine, we tuned into the dog and we both got the same information of where the dog was. So we relayed that back to the client and they've looked high and low, but every time they were close to, to, to her environment, she actually, the dog actually went back into the bush because it was so hot, it was sunny and she was too weak already. Um, and then this morning I tuned in and I strongly got messages that she had unfortunately passed over, but she's still in transition. And so, but her guys have told me that she will come back to her owner, to her human guardian, when she's ready to let them know that she is okay and that she isn't, you know, has um, transitioned. So it's hard. It is very, very hard, you know, to, to let people know, okay, your animal is passing over very, very soon. It's heartbreaking. But on the other hand, I feel privileged and honored that we can share the information with them and do the right thing by them and actually be able to, to do what they want us to do in that sense as well. Yeah. So something that's coming up for me, thank you so much for sharing um, in this conversation is grounding that in a little bit into, you know, your walk of life. Um, something you mentioned, um, was that, you know, it's been interesting ever since you've had the experience that you've recently had your offering isn't the right word, but your service, um, with, you know, the work that you do obviously deepens and, you know, there's that mm -hmm. connection to your walk and your offering. And I think yes. that's, uh, you know, for me on the inspired evolution is, is a massive thing. You know, it's like trying to show up as much you as you possibly can, even more you than even you're aware of, you know, so that whatever your story, your experiences is in complete service into what it is mm -hmm. that you're doing. Um, can you, can you like elaborate a little bit on that for us? Like in terms of like, cause obviously you've been doing this for quite some time now and you know, that's mm -hmm. quite the journey to be on, to, to trust. Like even in, you know, this conversation, I think, you know, there's so much uh, like, even for me, like disbelief in some of the things, but then obviously a lot of it is just like, wow, you know, and then to realize that, you know, you were no different to me when you, you know, you were in corporate finance, much the same individual, I'm an engineer, you know? And so, yeah 
realizing how much trust you would have had to adopt to walk onto this path and then, you know, the continuing of that. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's, oh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's trust and belief, you know, and knowing that whatever you get through is absolutely the right information. Because I found working with other people and teaching them these skill sets is that they often disregard the information that comes in. And I had that in the beginning as well, where I was like, oh, that can't be right. <laughs> that sounds too crazy for words that can't be right. I'm making it up as I go along. Mm. However, you keep going back to it and you're trusting that whatever comes through is the right thing to say in those moments. We can't filter anything. And on the other hand as well, the beautiful thing is that with every connection, you learn. With every information that's being shared, you also reflect it to yourself going, okay, what was in this that I can learn from as well? So you keep further developing yourself. You keep up-leveling yourself. And having all these experiences, however sad they are, still showing up still showing up to surf, still showing up to being able to do this work, how hard it may be. I mean, three days after Toby passed, I was interviewed on a live Facebook um, session with someone and every inch of my body was saying, no, 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 I can't do this. But this tiny voice deep in my heart says, no, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. You can't stop right now. Yeah. So being able to acknowledge that and actually go through with that is part of our evolution. It's part of how we show up in the world as a human being, you know, and, and being able to, to tap into those parts of yourself that are at such a high level, but always, always have you in your mind as in we always do the right thing by you. We will never get you to, to do anything that you can't cope with. We will never get you to do anything that puts you in danger. And that's trusting that. You know, if, if we don't jump, we'll never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> if we don't do anything about what we want to achieve or what we want to experience, then nothing will happen. Nothing will change and shift. Yeah. So, yeah, we are being stretched all the time. And I also believe that whatever work we do is part of our evolution, but it's also so much needed in the world right now. Mm. We have to tap into all of this. We have to tap into our spirits. We have to tap into the different levels of frequency and vibration. And you can see it around you very subtly. Every person at some level is waking up. And you see more people coming out of the woodwork, doing work that serves others and the rest of the world, leveling ourselves up, raising our vibration, tapping into a different energy, you know, so we are energized to be able to do the work because there's so much stuff out there where we're all going like, oh, my God, I can't deal with that. You know, that lowers everything. You know, people are moody and depressed and there's all this bad stuff happening all over social media and the news that you almost don't want to listen to it anymore. And I believe that's why we are here as well. We're setting the ground work for a much better way of life but we are the generation that sets that standard. You know, we are the ones that are experimenting with this. How far can we go? How much more can we level up? And once we have that implemented, 
then the next generation comes in and they take it off and then it just goes, right? All the kids that are being born now, they're so connected. You know, they're almost like the new age type children, <laughs> the Buddha children, the light children. I've heard different names for them. But we are the ones that are starting the process. We are the ones that are consciously waking up and setting that, starting that journey and they come in and they just take off, mm. you know, and, and the shift will happen around the world. And I see you smile, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're talking about the evolution and the promise of an inspired tomorrow, obviously the inspired evolution, you know. I, yeah, exactly, exactly. I tried, but you know, I don't you know how to that. not light up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. I, yeah. Um, the question that comes up for me then is like, what inspires you to keep on this journey and keep going? You know, what are your inspirations on this path? Wow. That's a big question. <laughs> One of my inspirations. I am all for opening up, connecting soul to soul. That's what I live for. Mm. And to show up no matter what. It doesn't mm. matter how you show up as long as you keep doing it. Yep. Everything that we do, even if it's one small thing every single day, helps us to really create a connectedness around earth and being able to then go into the next levels of that vibration and easier tapping into all of that. Um, yeah, to bring more harmony, love, all those beautiful words um, into the world because it's so much needed. But it, it starts with us even meditating for five minutes a day, mm. you know, because that already brings that into the world. It already brings that intention into the world. And... Um, being able to do that together with the animal kingdom, oh, my goodness, there's no stopping. You know, it's just, it's so, so beautiful mm. to, to be able to just work with them every single day and allow people to be curious about them, being able to help them, but also explore more about themselves through their animals. Um, yeah, that's just amazing. Every mm. single time I work with someone, uh, whether it's an animal or a person, it just, it lifts me up at the same time, you know, and it confirms every single time why I do this work. Um, it's not always easy. I have to admit it's sometimes I sit there going another level up really, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's all here for a purpose. And um, I believe my purpose is to be here to bring harmony and love into the world by connecting every single soul being to each other because we can't do this on our own. It has to happen collectively. Mm. Um, I believe yeah. That. Yeah. Can I ask you, this is a question that I um, have some resistance around asking, which is propelling me to ask it. <laughs> um, I hope it's okay to go there. Um, but for those that struggle to believe in what you do and how you walk, um, how do you navigate your way through that? Yes, interesting question. Mm. I keep showing up, keep sharing mm. what I do, and in particular sharing the outcomes that mm. we have, working in this way, living in this way. I think I live with the biggest skeptic on earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that helps. <laughs> that definitely helps, you know. Um, but uh, you know what? It's all good. It's all mm. okay. Everybody has their own levels of experience and beliefs mm. and values. 
And I'm, I'm not here to judge that. All I can do is share what I know, mm. um, keep serving in the way that I do, and those people will come along. You know, mm. they will come to a point um, somewhere along the line where something happens to them or they see something happening right in front of them and it's like, oh, my goodness, this can happen. I had a, a person a couple of weeks ago. I was up at the Sunshine Coast and um, I did a workshop there. We had about 35 people in the room and there was this one guy and he kept sort of looking at me and his energy was all about, I'm not going to sit here and doing all this. You can talk all you want. I'm just not going to do it. He was very resistant. Yeah. And, um, and then we came to, and I go, look guys, we're all here. I don't know what level you're at. No idea what you believe in and what you don't believe in, but you're here for a reason. And I would love for you guys to all participate in this particular activity. So I got them through a meditation that connects them to their heart. And then the next step was for them to invite in their own pet or a pet that they love dearly to sit on their lap and connect with and just be in the same space together. And during that meditation, this guy sort of kept looking at me with his eyes sort of going, what? What you're asking us to connect on? Well, how do I do that? And I could see this like his whole face. And I, and I thought, no, we just go with the flow. He'll, he'll come around. Trust the process, right? Trust the process. And it's really interesting. So he was resisting all the time, yet he was one of the few people that actually did have an animal sitting on his lap mm. energetically. And he came to me afterwards and he goes, that was very interesting. And I thank you so much for doing that tonight. And I was so grateful that I was part of that process. And he ended up buying my book. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, still there was an element of still not quite sure I believe what just happened. Yeah. But something happened. I had an animal sitting on my lap energetically. But so he was still in that process of, oh, what? <laughs> you could see it all over his face. But, you know, it's. It is what it is. And people come on their journey when they're ready. People will come to the realization that connecting to your own heart is one of the best things that you can do to yourself. Having that relationship with yourself, giving yourself that time, that unconditional love, being in that stillness to be able to hear your own voice and then take the small next step into the right direction that that is where you start is the best thing you can do. Everything else will follow automatically, you know, and how skeptic you are, in the end, you will have no choice. You will have some level of experience. Uh, my partner as well, she says, I still don't understand how you do it. I still don't understand what you do, yeah. but I can see the results. And she saw me present. This was the first time she actually saw me present in front of a group. And I had two dogs there that I'd never met before. And I did a demonstration in front of the audience. And afterwards she goes, I'm blown away. She goes, I still don't understand it. I still don't know what you do. <laughs> she goes, but I could see on these people's faces when you talk to their dogs that you were just hitting the nail on the head. I go, yeah, but it's not me. Yeah. All I do is tune into their frequency. I open my mouth and I move my mouth as the information comes through. I'm merely a conduit, you know? And yeah, so I think to answer your question is 
let them be. Uh, let them ask me questions. The more I can share with them, the more they can think about, you know, and I can just let that sink in mm. and they will come around sooner or later. I think, um, thank you so much again for sharing that. And uh, for those that are listening, I just want to take a moment, um, almost like a big brother voice in here is just to, you know, the question that I asked you was specifically, um, you know, for external validation. And uh, I think through that, it was quite clear. And thank you so much for taking the time to answer that in the way that you did, because it definitely affirms, you know, the conversation coming full circle and that it starts with your connection to yourself. And it was quite evident that, you know, even in your response that the connection to the self is so strong and so clear that, you know, you cannot deny just walking this way and just doing your work. And then, you know, those that come on board do those that don't, I guess, don't, you know, until they're ready. Um, I was hoping to sort of, and I'm conscious of your time, but I really want to, come up to something that came up in this conversation, which was, you know, those that are most resistant sometimes have the biggest outcomes and just the conversation around trigger, you know, and like just the relationship we have with those triggers is um, a classic example was, you know, that very question that I asked you was one that, you know, it was like I was triggered to ask, but most resistant to ask. And over time, I've learned to cultivate a relationship with triggers to sort of go, you know, there's something in there, which is why there's resistance. Can we push through mm-hmm. that fear, you know? And that's like, for me, is like taking little moments of courage all the time. But you must yeah. find that quite a bit because you work with a lot of people, not just with their animals, but also with human behavior. And can we like yes. explore a little bit about triggers? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've got that myself, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Um, My ego gets in the way a lot, which I lovingly call my human side. Um, (laughs) Gets in the way a lot. So there's quite a few triggers. It's learning how to deal with them. Um, I mean, fear is merely a false expectation appearing real. Mm. You know, it's something that hasn't even happened yet, yet you are expecting it. Now, why would you want to expect the worst? Yeah. Right? That's not going to do you any good. Um, Triggers are learning moments. Triggers are things that we can actually look at and put a little, you know, microscope on and go, okay, I'm just going to shine some light here. What is that trigger? Mm. Where does it sit in my body? How does it make me feel? Am I happy with that? Mm. Do I want it in my body? Do I like how it makes me feel? If the answer is no, you go, okay, well, I just don't want want this. So, and it's not like we're going to discard it. You can breathe it out through meditation. If it doesn't give you any value and there's no clear answer coming out of it, then, well, then it doesn't serve a purpose. However, if the underlying answer is already there, you're tapping into it, then you know what we can do with that. There's always some sort of action step will come out of it. Now, I honor you for actually asking the question, even though you have a trigger around it, mm. right? Mm. That's really important because in a way you, you sit here going, okay, I've got a trigger around this question. I'm really hesitant to ask it. Is it the right thing to ask? Is it the right moment to ask? Is it the right person to ask the question to? You know, that, all that stuff may come up, but you asked it anyway. And I'm a strong believer in whatever happens in a moment whatever is said in a moment, whatever we experience together in a moment, all has a purpose. Mm. And it may not be a trigger related necessarily to you directly. Maybe it was a trigger for someone in the audience, right? However, you are the conduit for that. And therefore you had to ask the question. Mm. And 
So for me, triggers are really learning moments, shining a light on it, asking, what does this give me? Where does it sit in my body? Am I ready to let this go? Is there something that I need to do work on? Is there an action step coming out of this? Um, is there fear around this? If so, what is that fear? Is it serving me? Well, if the answer is no, then okay, let's breathe it out. Just let it go. You know, put it on your cloud and let it drift off, you know, and, and do things anyway. So mm -hmm. like you demonstrated today, you asked the question anyway. And what happened? You got an answer, yeah. right? And answers have golden nuggets. Answers have learning. Some answers are for you. Some answers are for other people. So it always serves a purpose. And I have experienced a lot in my life where I've had major fears, major triggers. However, I've learned to actually just go ahead and do it even though it can be sometimes kicking, screaming, crying, <laughs> whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. We just do it anyway because I feel that when we live our life every single day and we don't have these triggers, we're not really living our life because if we don't have these triggers, that means we're not learning anything either and that means we can't up-level ourselves. You know, we can't go to the next level or we can't take that smaller next step that we need to take to get what we want, to experience what we want, to serve in the way we want to. And having these triggers is all about you being able to step up, show yourself more and also be vulnerable at times because we don't all know the answer. We don't all have all the information. And it's okay to show people that we are not all made out of steel, um, you know. <laughs> We're not all stoics. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's okay. It's okay to do that. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah, I love triggers in that sense. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so um, in uh, – Coming back to some superfluous questions. <laughs> Just <Yeah. to laughs> um, lift it up again. <laughs> in your um, in your past experience, what's your like? What is your favorite animal? Like, what's your favorite pet? What's your favorite like? Is it dogs? Because oh, dogs wow. are the best. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, you heard it here first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very biased to, to dogs, obviously. Um, and living in the city dogs cats rabbits mm. um, um birds are most of the animals that i'm connecting with yeah i also love working with horses yep. they are next level spiritual beings so oh my goodness yeah, it's ridiculous so amazing <laughs> beautiful healers beautiful teachers mm. um i've learned to love spiders <laughs> not expect that <laughs> uh, and um, one of my other favorite animals are cheetahs. Ah, awesome. Amazing. They, I wish I, I have connected physically, like being around a cheetah and then connecting. That would be an amazing experience. It's on my wish list. Yeah. Um, but to me, they represent going for it anyway. Yeah. Be as powerful as you can be and just do it. You yeah. know, they... They show me courage. They show me fearlessness. They show me showing up, you know, going for what you want. Commitment. Um, commitment. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, focus. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
but but all in all, I just love all all animals. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't like encountering spiders, but I've loved to live with them, and <laughs> I can talk to them now, so that makes it easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's all yeah. beings. They all have a soul. They're all sentient, and uh, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So if we could erect a billboard anywhere of your choice um, with a little message of your own blasted to the world, um, what would your message and your billboard read? Oh, my goodness. Wow. What would it read? Stay connected to yourself, honor yourself with love and grace. Be the beautiful, amazing being that you are. And just shine. Oh. Just shine. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Just before I ask my last question, um, mm-hmm. I'd love for those that are tuning in, the best way to get in touch with Bianca, can you share that with us, please? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm on all social media platforms, so it's easy, Bianca De Rose. And I've got my website, connectingsoulbeings.com. Um, yeah, I think those are the two best ways to get in touch with me. I'm on Facebook, um, forward slash Bianca De Rose. Instagram, Bianca.DeRose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. So, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. It's always and good. Good to get in touch. For those listening in, Deruz is spelled D-E space capital R-E-U-S. Um, yes, correct. Yeah. And uh, just my last question is, um, it's metaphysical in its nature um, and by no means my least question beyond, I guess, the animals, beyond the skin suit, beyond the name, Bianca, um, yeah, beyond the physical, who are you? Oh. You ask the right questions, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) Who am I? Who am I? Oh. Every time I connect, I feel myself rising up so high that I do feel there is some mastery level to my being. I am an old soul. I have a knowing that goes beyond anything I can even imagine. I, I serve, I serve the world. I'm a nurturer, definitely a teacher. I come with a very high level of vibration and love, love for everyone and everything. Mm. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can feel that throughout my whole, like my whole body starts to activate. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, amazing. <laughs>
Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Just, yeah, on the gratitude note, thank you so much for showing up today and sharing so openly, so vulnerable, um, going into the deep places. Um, but, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day either. So thank you so much for, you know, all the work and all the trust and everything that goes into walking into the path that we get to have this opportunity to have this conversation today and all the work that you've done on yourself. And as always, just wishing you all the best on the blessings and <laughs> on the journey ahead as well, you know. So thank you so much. Yeah. No, thank you so much. It's been a great honor to be here. And I absolutely love, love, love the work that you do, bringing all these beautiful people together, sharing the messages out there, sharing the love and all these beings to the world to help us all with our inspired evolution, you know, and to, um, and to allow people that are not familiar with it to get to know what we all do. Because uh, I believe in the end, collaboratively, we all work on the same thing. Mm. It's bringing more love, connectedness and harmony around the world. Um, so thank you so much for offering this beautiful platform. Uh, it's an honor and a blessing. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.